Cobram Estate is the most awarded Australian extra virgin olive oil. Let it be the hero when entertaining family and friends. Cobram Estate extra virgin olive oil is fresh and full of flavour. Perfect for roasting, frying, baking, dressing salads and for dipping bread. Make your food taste even better with a little help from Cobram Estate. Premium quality, great tasting and a versatile healthy alternative. Buy in store at all major retailers. KO's got you covered for this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. AFL, here we go. Carlton versus Melbourne with no ad breaks during play. That is going to be an absolute banger. Last time these two uh, got together, well, not the last time, when I was there, I kicked three. Freer versus Swans, live with no ad breaks during play, exclusive in Victoria. And the Hawks versus Saints, live with no ad breaks during play, is going to be an absolute blockbuster. It's a must win for both of these teams. And don't forget the NBA playoffs. Gee whiz, they are going off at the moment. So many big games to mention, and they will be absolutely enthralling. Watch every game live with both Eastern and Western conferences live with ESPN on KO. There's absolutely plenty of room for everyone, so get on board with KO. Now also available on Hubble. G'day guys, welcome back to the Dylan Friends Podcast. My name is Dylan. Wowie, huge, huge guest this week, Lockie Neal. Pick 58 to one of the AFL's elite. Uh, there's a few good Ross Lyon stories in there. We talk about the impact of Hodge and Fagan on the Lions. And we can't forget a big, big thank you to Bonds. This show would not be possible without you. If you want to keep your boys cool, check out Bonds' new X-Temp undies. All right, let's go. Hi, this is the Dill and Friends podcast. I'm Deborah, Dylan's mum. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you like the show as much as I do. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Very, very excited this week. Lockie Neal. I've uh, been a big fan of this guy for a long time. Lockie, thanks for coming on the show, mate. Nah, no worries at all, Deal. Pleasure to be on here. I've heard a lot of good things, especially through my mate Tommy. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to a good chat. Fantastic. Um, don't believe a, a word that man says, uh, unless it's good <laughs> stuff, and um, then you can. Now, mate, uh, as I said, I've always been a big fan of yours. Uh, I, I like to set the scene. Now, we actually don't really know each other. I know you from afar. Um, like, as I said, massive admirer. We're the same um, uh, draft year by chance, if you if you knew that. Uh, and uh, yeah, always been a big fan, mate. So I like to set the scene and let the fans know how we know each other. But in this case, it's more of just a little slide into the DMs, and um, here we are. <laughs> yeah, exactly the old school way. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, good. I, I did know that we were um, same draft, so um, yeah. if that's any consolation. Yeah, I'm wrapped with that, to be honest. That's, that's, that's fair <laughs> enough. Thanks so much. Now, yeah, mate, uh, we talk about that draft, and it is something I want to talk to you about because I am, I'm pretty pissed off with you, to be honest. Um, you'll, pick, you'll pick 50, 61, was it? 50, uh, 58, yeah. 58, that's it. 58. 58. So you'll pick 58, and I was pick 61. So yeah. you stung me there, firstly. Um, and normally, <laughs> normally in that, that range of the draft, you don't find too many gems. Uh, and I knew that. I, I was I wasn't oblivious to where I was, but I thought, look, I don't really know anyone around my um around the area here. Like I'm 61, I reckon I'm going to be the absolute st- the steal of the 2011 draft. Yeah. So um, you've you've absolutely stung me on that. So mate, as a as a quick starter, um, <laughs> you and uh, yeah, <laughs> how, how did you feel getting taken that late in the draft? Oh yeah, I suppose I didn't really expect to go too early, to be honest. Um, as you would probably know, your manager keeps it pretty real with you throughout. So. Um, Timmy Timmy Lawrence, my manager in Adelaide, spoke to me throughout the year and said, "Oh, you're 
a chance, um, but it'll be late or, or a rookie and then um, closer to the draft. We had a little bit more of an idea that it, I'm a chance to go late, but yeah, I was never expecting to go early in that draft. But um, by all reports, you were an outstanding junior, so you you were probably flat there. You slid to 61, were you? Oh, I slid. I slid very hard. Uh, got a bit complacent there. <laughs> I, I, I slid quite those hard. Stories. Oh, there is, mate, and uh, I'm still living it today. Uh, it's it's just been a downward spiral since I peaked at 16, and uh, yeah, it's something that it's something <laughs> that I play, struggled. Were you all Australian in that under 16 and played state under 16s and whatnot? Yeah, yeah, I, I played in the. I was actually captain of Vic Metro, so show some respect. Oh, and wow, um, good. well, I was yeah, nowhere yeah. near it, mate. I I couldn't get a sniff in the in the state squad at all under 16s. I was late addition to the that's under 18. That's why. So. That's why I love your story because. As you said, you didn't even know you were going to get picked up. Um, there you are, pick 58 to Fremantle. You're an Adelaide boy moving over to the West. What were your expectations of like what was going to happen? Were you sort of – were you just happy to get picked up or – Yeah, yeah. I was just – I was happy to go anywhere, to be honest. As as you said, I didn't even know if I was going to get drafted at all. So as soon as my name was read out, I was absolutely stoked. And, um, yeah, I was so thankful that Freo gave me – an opportunity because I didn't know if it was going to come. So um, my first thoughts were well, it's pretty far away from home, but I'd lived in a um, boarding house for a few years before that in Adelaide and from the country. So um, it didn't really phase me that I was moving to the other side of the country. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's a massive one. I think back to when I was 18 and like I was living in Fitzroy, drafted to Carlton. It was pretty much closer to me to go to Carlton than it was to school. So I was never really forced to, <laughs> to get out of that battery. But Hey, like I find it hard to like. I just want to get into your mind on it because you pick fifty eight in the draft. You pretty like you were a smaller player. Do you think that that was a reason, like quickly, why you would have slid? Yeah, I think it was probably a combination of things. Like I'm not overly fast. I'm probably a little bit like I'm probably just agile over ten meters. Like I'm not actually that quick. So um, probably my pace, my height. Um, and then I think like when we were going through the draft, it was a lot of, and it probably still is a little bit, I reckon, that um, as a kid, you probably got to have an X factor. Like my kicking is just yeah. average. Um, I've got a good jump, but I'm small, so I didn't, that sort of yep. took that out of it. Um, so I reckon, yeah, when we were going through, it was like if you didn't have an X factor, um, you weren't really talked about going in the draft, mm. especially early. So um, it was a bit of a kick in the guts throughout the year. Like I um, didn't get invited to, the combine um and then even the the state one when the first um release of names came out for that i wasn't even in that and i think that's like two clubs or something has to nominate you for that and couldn't get a look in so um i did end up going to that but it was i got um, a call from a manager about a week after all the the list had been sent out and he said oh they've actually um added you into that now so you're going to go along but that was pretty late in the year so i was like oh man i'm no chance here but yeah, it all ended up okay. But, yeah, it was a pretty tough year because I felt like I had a, a really good draft year and did everything yep. I could. But, yeah, you're sort of in the hands of all the recruiters. Yeah, exactly. What? So then what happened, like, when you got to Freo? Like, what happened? Because you literally just went from a guy that wasn't going to get picked up or nearly not picked up to nearly playing every – did you debut round one? Like, you put, debuted pretty early in that first year, didn't you? Yeah, I debuted uh, round four. So round a few four. games in, but I – Played um, the first few, I think it was at NAP Cup when we started, was it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we did like that. There was like a round robin one. Um, mm. Was that the one where you play the three teams in the yeah. one game? Yeah, you did like yeah. 
two 15 minute halves or something against three yes. teams or something. So it was, um, yeah, yeah, we did that and then played a couple of others. And then I actually did my syndesmosis in a game against Port Adelaide, um, back in, in South Australia. So it was my first sort of taste of AFL back in the home state and I've done, done my ankle. So I missed actually round one of AFL. I reckon I, Rossi probably would have picked me, I reckon, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> hurt my ankle and played one or two in the waffle and then, yeah, got picked pretty early, which was it was against St Kilda too, his old mob. Did he just take a liking to you like straight away? Oh, we sort of, I reckon, uh, like I love Ross now. We have a great relationship now, but at the time it yeah. felt a bit sort of love-hate, I reckon. It was pretty hard on me, but um, he certainly made me a better player. Like I, the way that he um, interacted with me, I reckon has helped my footy enormously. So, um, yeah, but at the start, like um, there was a few... Moments where I thought, geez, he doesn't really like me here, but yeah. he, ended up, <laughs> he ended up playing me a bit. So, um, yeah, he must have liked me. Can you can you uh, get into some of those moments where he might have might have shown that way? What what happened? <laughs> yeah, I've got <laughs> I've got a river. I've got a good story, and um, please it was, it was actually after that first nab cup experience. <laughs> so I've um, I've come out again. I think we played Essendon in that first one. I've kicked. I've kicked two goals in like 20 minutes. I've had a fair yeah. bit of the footy and I've, I'm thinking, here we go, like I'm, I'm on here. Um, anyway, for the rest of the night, do okay. So we rock up the training the next week and um, we're doing this sort of um, ball movement drill into forward 50. So it's my first pre-season. We're about to head into first AFL season and um, I've tried to take on a couple of blokes, got tackled, <laughs> fair enough, all good. Um, move on to the next part, go again, get tackled, and I just look up and, and see Ross, and he's got those eyes, and I'm like, oh, he's not too happy with me here. <laughs> and so he rolls a ground ball in, and I've picked it up, and I haven't given a first give, and I've tried to take whoever was chasing me on again, and I've been tackled for the third time in about 15 seconds. Yeah. And he's just blown the whistle, called everyone in, and I'm like, oh, no, this is definitely a spray for me here. <laughs> and he goes, Lockie out the front, I'm like, yeah. Walk over, so he's dropped the whole drill for this. Walk, walk up the front, and he's just gone, mate. I don't know who you think you are. Do you think you're Robert Harvey? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, this is not good. And I'm like, no, nah, no. Nah, so nah, is, is this in front of the whole group? Just, just at you? Yeah, in front of the whole whole group. So it's all like forty of us there. The rehab blokes probably weren't there, but everyone there, all the coaches, it was so embarrassing. And he's like, do you think you're Robert Harvey? Do you, mate? And he's like, you got a long way to go before you do that. Go run a four hundred. And I was just like, oh, my God. And when you're that young and you're sort of copper spray like oh, that, mate. I actually said – You wet your pants. Oh, I was almost in tears running the 400. I yeah. reckon I ran it in world record pace. Yeah. <laughs> and I've come back and um, Simon Lloyd, who was a development manager then, he's um, put his arm around me and walked walked towards Ross and Ross goes, get away from him. He's not a kid anymore. And then I was oh like, I was like oh, I'm going to cry here. I'm about to cry. Yeah. <laughs> He told me he told me to take the pumpkin off my head and put it in my locker, and I thought he was serious. I almost walked off the track and, and oh put, a, put a fake God. pumpkin off my head and in, into my locker. What does he mean by that? What's a pumpkin? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but I was going to do it anyway. <laughs> oh my God! I, I seriously, like I've never met Russ Wine, and I'd love to get him on the show one day because some of these stories I hear from. Tommy and Matt DeBoer and the boys about some of the uh, some of the things that went on at Freo. It's just it's it's just absolutely hilarious. Yeah, he's an absolute cracker though. Like I can't 
um, fault him for the way he went about yeah. it with me because, as as you said before, with my story, sort of late pick and whatnot, and he helped me forge a career in the AFL, and um, I'll be forever indebted to him. But, yeah, he's got some he, – he knew how to spray a bloke, that's for sure. Definitely. Um, mate, as much as we love a, a Ross Lyon story, we love – we love a Tommy Sheridan story. Oh, do we? Have, yeah, have you got anything that's, that the kids are at home can listen to about Tommy <laughs> Sheridan or do we just save it for another time? Yeah, we might have to have a beer or two and talk about some of the stories, but uh, <laughs> is he still mowing down the lollies? Oh, mate, he, he's the funniest man because he's, uh, as you've seen, and we chat about it in his episode, he's got one of the worst rigs I've ever seen on, a, on, a, oh, on an athlete. It, it's just as sloppy as they all come. skinny fat man. It's skinny fat and it's it's... It is hard to look at. And um, we'll be eating lunch. And he goes, mate, it's genetics. I can't get a six-pack. And I go, mate, <laughs> look what you're eating. You're eating a large cheeseburger with like, a side of schnitzel and chips. Like, it's not genetics. It's what it's what you're putting in. Oh, absolutely. I, when we were first-year players, there was a pretty big group of us. So we were always over at his playing FIFA. And he'd, he'd bring home about 24 cans of Coca-Cola and about six packs of Garber <laughs> snakes. And, oh, and he'd mow through them all as well. There'd be none left by the end of the three-hour session. Yeah, nothing's changed. But um, I, I can guarantee uh, – sorry, I, I should guarantee that you're a big fan of the Ricks I wear, though. Oh, absolutely. I've got a couple of pairs of the Rixies. There's nothing better than a pair of Ricks I wear for your retina protection. No, uh, no. It's, uh, they go well, the Rixies. He, um, yeah, he looks after the boys every now and then train, but he's still a bit stingy with them. Like, it's hard, to, it's hard to snare a pair off him. Oh, it is, definitely, mate. Oh, yeah, Probably because they're in hot demand. Wall. Yes, yes, that'd be it. And mate, I know you're aware. Obviously, we've got Bonds on board now, so Bonds will be—you'll be getting your Bonds gift pack, and I'm sure you're very excited about that. Oh, how good! Oh, you can never have too many jocks. Yes, exactly. And Bonds keep your boys cool. Ah, oh, fantastic. Oh, hey, Dylan. Hey, Jake. What's up? I've got something kind of embarrassing. I need to ask of you. Right yeah. Now. What is it? You wouldn't mind if Justine, you know, let me wear one of her skirts by any chance? One of her skirts? Why would you do that? Well, my old boys are really starting to heat up down there, and I just can't keep them cool, and I just really need to find out how I can get some airflow into them. Mate, here, go drive Bond's new X10 Bundies. They help regulate body temp. You serious? Yeah, mate, they're incredible. I've got a spare pair right here. Go try them on. Okay, well, uh, if you wouldn't mind turning around for a second. I'm turning around as we speak. Oh, my God. Oh, feels like there's an aircon in my jocks and my... Old boys are starting to feel young again. Where can I get a pair of these? Mate, www.bonds.com.au Bonds.com.au Alright, I'm on to it. By the way, you wouldn't mind if I still borrowed Justine's skirt, would you? <laughs> uh, mate, I want to touch on the 2000, uh, 2013 Grand Final. Um, incredible. You, so that was your second year uh, yeah. as an AFL player. Playing in the in the granny, um, what was it like? Like so, as I said, second year, and you're playing in one of the biggest games, the biggest game of the of the, um, of the year. Yeah, it was incredible experience. Um, I only got to play about 15 minutes of it, though. I had the dreaded green jacket on. Uh, oh, really? For the, for I didn't the granny. research that. Yeah, yeah right. so I came on probably about five minutes into the last. Um, but the whole build up and uh, the actual day itself was yeah, it was awesome to experience that and as a kid you dream of playing uh, in a grand final 100,000 at the G so um, yeah it was special to be a part of it but unfortunately we couldn't get it done I think the boys a bit like us uh, against the Tigers in that first final um, we couldn't kick straight so 
yeah. uh, sort of kicked our, ourselves out of it a bit in that first quarter. I think it was we were only down by about seven or eight points, but we'd missed so many shots. So, uh, yeah, it's certainly one that got away, but, yeah, awesome to experience it. And you hear a lot of players sort of when they experience that early in their career, you sort of just think it's going to happen again. Yeah. Was that something that you sort of maybe thought and then <clears throat> going on to, you know, obviously at Brisbane now, it's something that you're still chasing? Yeah, 100%. I remember even like a couple of hours after the game, you flat that you lost. But as a young bloke, I thought, yeah, this will this will happen again. We might even be back here next year or year after mm. and whatnot. Certainly won't be the last time. But um, it's not until you play a few years in the system that you realise how hard it is to get there and um, how hard they are to win. So, yeah, certainly um, hope to climb that mountain again and, and tick that one off. But, yeah, there's a lot of hard work to go. And as you would know, it's not easy to get there. Yeah, 100%. Um, mate, so your career at Freo, obviously incredible. Uh, you know, you, you're obviously at Brisbane now, but back back then you won two BNS. Was it or three? Yeah, two and a uh, runner-up. Brad Hill, two Brad and Hill runner up. me in, what year was that, 2017, Brad won his. So you're nearly a three-time, nearly a three-time, you're a two-time uh, BNF winner. Obviously you won a few of the Herald, uh, the Herald Sun sort of comps in over there in WA, All-Australian. And also in the Fremantle 25 since 95 team. So if you look at that and you think, gee whiz, this bloke's Fremantle. He's uh, he's in one of their best teams of all time. He's, he's won a couple of BNFs. And then all of a sudden, as an outsider looking in, you, you move to the, to the Lions. What was what was behind that? Like, how did that sort of come about? Was it was it sort of something, a big incident? Or was it more just like you just wanted to change it up? Yeah, there wasn't really a big incident or anything. I think um, I hadn't really thought about it too much at all um, till about halfway through last year my manager just um, basically put the question to me about what I thought about Brizzy and um, said that they'd shown a bit of interest and um, I sort of watched them for a few weeks and thought oh they got a bit of talent and whatnot and then yeah it wasn't it all happened pretty quick but it wasn't till the end of the year um, sort of sat sat down with Jules and my wife and um, yep. my family um, and sort of talked through it and thought whether or not it would be a good move for me. And um, I sort of felt like me coming to the Lions, I felt like I had something to, to give to the footy club um, and I felt like they could improve me as a player as well and um, just thought I could pr- like perhaps take sort of that next step um, with a change in my career. And um, Jules was excited to change things up a bit as well. So, um, yeah, it was a really tough decision because, as you said, I spent – a lot of time at Freo and made some great friends and great memories. And um, I basically was a Perth boy because I grew up there from the age of 18 to 25. So, um, yeah, it was extremely tough, but in the end felt like it was the right thing to do at that point in time for my career. So that's what we did. But, yeah, it was a little bit out of the blue and there was a lot of small things that went into it and um, mm. a lot of decision-making uh, things that we had to tick off before we decided on that, but yeah, it was yeah really tough. Yeah, it is. It's it's, it's, it's mate. It's turned out to be obviously an, an amazing decision on yourself because you're in career best form. Um, obviously, the lines have been absolutely flying this year, and it's it's good to see. But um, yeah, as you as you can tell, it's normally weird with with trades because guys normally head back to either like where they're from or they want to go to a big club and play in Melbourne. But for you to sort of throw that so throw that sort of out of the whack and like head to Brisbane, it was just it was so strange. But it's just come off. Yeah, it was a bit of a weird one. Like, 
I'm a bit of an outcast. I don't really have a home, to be honest. I mm. grew up in the country, which is about four hours um, out of Adelaide. So I don't really have any family actually in in Adelaide. Um, don't have any links to to Melbourne. Um, I don't really have much family in Perth. I've actually got an auntie and uncle that live there and obviously made some great friends and family friends and whatnot as well from my time over there. But, um, yeah, all, all my immediate family are... Um, in the country, so I don't really have a city that I'll specifically call home. Um, so yeah, it was a little bit left field. And um, to be honest, I, I have thought about playing for a Melbourne club before, and thought that that'd be pretty cool. But that was probably when I was a little bit younger. And um, once I've been in the system a while, you realise that those sort of things don't really come into it as much. Um, pretty happy to settle down and be out of that limelight, but. Um, the way that things are going, that there's actually a bit more uh, exposure to AFL over here now that we're doing well. So um, it's been good though. The club's obviously been in some um, bad ways for the last sort of nine, ten years, but um, things are looking up at the moment. But hopefully, we can just keep it rolling. Exactly right, and it, it must be the factor as well that I've heard that you are living in one of the nicest, biggest mansions in Brisbane. <laughs> Is that true or false? Who told you that? Oh mate, it's it's common knowledge in the podcast <laughs> world. It's common knowledge. They've had, the, the boys have said they've come round. You're just living in the most affluent suburb, and you're just really living the life. Well, I'm living in the same street as our head physio, Peter Blanche, and he he's uh, quite fond of this suburb. So if you ask him, um, <laughs> he'd say that we're. I'm living in Cooparoo, and he calls he calls our yes. part of the suburb Cooparoo Heights. He's just yeah. made it, he's just made it up, but. Uh, no, it's, I'm, I'm very happy where I'm living. Jules loves it, which is the most important thing. Um, yes. So. Happy wife, happy life. Oh, that's it. That's what they say. Right? <laughs> um, mate, and as I said, I've heard that you're living in this massive, beautiful house, but is it true you can be known to be gate-crashing neighbours' 18th and 21st parties? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next-door neighbours actually um, don't mind a bit of a shindig. They're, they're quite the party animals, so... Um, I think it was, <laughs> I think it was Easter weekend. So we played on a Thursday <laughs> night, and um, they had a party on the Friday night. And Jules and I actually had a few people over here um, at the same time, and we thought, I oh, will pop over and um, <laughs> say good day, and brought a bottle of red over and sat down with the dad upstairs and had a nice couple of glasses of red with him. And um, I think a few of the younger boys popped over, and they were on the dance floor downstairs with the twenty-one-year-old. So. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny. We actually, um, like, Hugh McCluggage was coming over and yep. um, we hadn't gone over there yet, but he thought that that house was my house and he went in there oh, with, no. like, his beers and he was, like, calling. I can't remember who he was calling. I think it was Cam Rayner. And he's like, where are you? And we're like, oh, we're just out the back. So he's walked out the oh. back. And at the back of my place, you can see the back of their place. And you no. can see him, see him in amongst his 21-year-olds and he's like, mate, what is going on at Locks Joint? He's like, mate, you're in the wrong joint. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, mate, no. I, I find, like, I was going to say, I find it hard to believe, but I really don't. If I can quickly just tell you quick, I just literally just pop, remember this off the top of my head, but basically, how's this? About three years ago when we were uh, Mad Monday at Carlton, obviously normally finished pretty early, so this would have been about four weeks ago now and, we're heading into Mad Monday. So there's these two pubs on, uh, if anyone knows, on Punt Road. There's one there called the Cricketers Arms and there's another one just across the road. On the same side though, but just a block back. Yeah. Anyway, on the Sunday night, we must have 
had a, had a few drinks. And uh, I've rocked up to the pub and, geez, like, gee whiz, I must have been, you know, pretty hungover. This this pub looks really different to like last year. Like they must have done some renovations. Like it's really different. Like walking in going, geez, I don't remember this wall there. Like don't remember that TV there. This is weird. Anyway, I've rocked up pretty early. So I was in my kit. I think I was coming to Spider-Man or something. So I had a mask on. <laughs> yeah. Bro, I've walked in to Collingwood's Mad Monday. Oh, no. I swear, I swear, man. I walked in and I'm just about to tell, I'm like, gee whiz, who are these blokes? Like, I don't recognize anyone here. And I've walked in and some guys looked at me going like, who is this dickhead? And I'm just standing there going like, who is that? And I've just literally just pulled up my phone, backed out, sprinted like 100 meters down the road and walked into the pub, didn't say anything. I've never told anyone to this day because I was just so, I was just like so embarrassed, man. Bro, it's, it's first time it's come out. It, it could have ended so badly. Like, can you? If I didn't have a mask on, it could have been yeah. ended. Yeah, yeah. That was especially Carlton, <laughs> Carlton v Collingwood as well. Oh man, it was that embarrassing. <laughs> I, um, that yeah. is so good. That's a great so, story. There's a lesson to everyone. If there's one thing I know about, it's clangers. Unfortunately, I was always biting off more than I could chew, thinking it's on when it's definitely not, ripping that 45, giving it a crack, and often it was an absolute disaster. The good news is if your local club has had a recent clanger or challenge, then you can win up to $15,000 through the Amy Clangers for Good competition. In 100 words or less, tell us how Amy can help your club bounce back from a recent challenge. Enter now at amy.com au forward slash clangers for good. That's amy.com.au forward slash clangers for good. T's and C's apply. KO's got you covered for this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. AFL, here we go. Carlton versus Melbourne with no ad breaks during play. That is going to be an absolute banger. Last time these two uh, got together, well, not the last time, when I was there, I kicked three. Freo versus Swans, live with no ad breaks during play, exclusive in Victoria. And the Hawks versus Saints, live with no ad breaks during play, is going to be an absolute blockbuster. It's a must win for both of these teams. And don't forget the NBA playoffs. Gee whiz, they are going off at the moment. So many big games to mention and they will be absolutely enthralling. Watch every game live with both Eastern and Western conferences live with ESPN on KO. There's absolutely plenty of room for everyone, so get on board with KO. Now also available on Hubble. <clears throat> now, mate, what makes you, and this is a hard question, what makes you an elite player of the comp? What do you think? What what puts you above the, like, what's putting you above the rest this year? Well, I don't know if I'm an elite player of the comp. There's some Absolute stars running around. So I'm telling right. you now, mate. I'm the captain of telling elite players who they are, and you're <laughs> you one. Okay, that's my role. Well, I think my my biggest strength is um, being clean. Basically, like as a, as we mentioned before, my um, pace and whatnot isn't isn't all that special. But I can buy myself a bit of time if I take the ball cleanly, which I'm able to do more often than not. Um, I think my vision around stoppages and whatnot to release a handball. Yeah, um, really helps out out the side, but um, I feel like I'm a pretty good trainer and prepare pretty well, which holds me in in good stead as well. So um, they're basically my weapons, mm. I'd say. But um, yeah, as I said, I don't reckon I'm an elite player. There's some stars out there, so I, I reckon elites like your your top ten players in the comp. Well, mate, you're heading that way at the moment. It's uh, it's going to be. I can feel you. Uh... Definitely going to be a big year for yourself, especially in the upcoming weeks. It's uh, it's going to be good to see what happens. But you said you're a good trainer. Uh, how'd you go in pre-seasons? Uh, How are you in the pre-season? Middle of the road with sort of everything, basically. 
I um I reckon Tommy's certainly got me in the running. He's a beast runner, trainer. I don't know. Yeah, he's a he's a hero. He's a two K time trial specialist. Absolute hero he is. Plays his grand final in November, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He does. There's no (laughs) premierships on man, is there? (laughs) Um, But no, I'm just sort of your ten thirty three K type. Just yep. Yeah, quite a long. I'm Um, I'm not um, not anything special. And in the gym, yeah, not not much going on in there for me. Nah, it's not important. <laughs> never, I've never seen a bench press out in the MCG. <laughs> Neither have I, funnily enough. Uh, mate, I have it on good authority. I have it on good authority that there might have been one time early days in your career. I know where this is heading already. That you've got some running sessions that need to be completed. And back then, <laughs> you've got the Garmin watches that you need to log in with everyone. So for everyone out there knowing... Uh, back in the uh, back in the couple of years ago, they're not allowed to do this anymore. But they used to track all of our sessions, so you had to actually do the sessions that, and log them in so that the club knew what we were doing. Um, anyway, AFLPA came through and said, "No, you can't do it anymore." Thank God. Um, <laughs> so there might have been one day that uh, you were a little bit tired, uh, couldn't be bothered actually doing the running session. So you jumped out the back, you got on your PW fifty, and you started doing some laps on the PW fifty <laughs> with the Garmin watch on. Yeah, it's it's something like that. I uh, <laughs> you're on the money. I didn't have a PW50. It was actually a uh, CRF100. Oh, settle. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I had a bit of go to it. Uh, it but as you would know, when you're tracking these things, it actually tells you your pace and everything as well. You're going too fast. Nah, nah. So that's the thing. I knew that. So oh, okay, good. I'm doing these <laughs> 85 meter. Um, effort so it's like 15 seconds to get there 15 seconds yep. and you've got like four sets of 12 or something of that so I'm just <laughs> I'm on my CRF 100 Garmin <laughs> turned on and I've clicked go and I've started doing these 85 meter efforts on my motorbike uh, and got there 15 seconds so can you imagine how slow I'm going on the motorbike it probably would have been easier to just do the session. Oh, 100%. Because even turn, <laughs> turning the thing around on a tight on a tight turning circle is not that easy when you go on that slow either. Yeah. But, oh, it was just, yeah, it was one of my one of my regrets. And um, I probably shouldn't have, I probably should have taken a leaf out of your book with your Mad Monday story and not told anyone that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, mate. That's the, that is the, <laughs> and now. But it's come I'm, out I'm and, and it's it. sort of folklore mm. now. I, yeah, did a session, running session on my motorbike and, um, <laughs> <laughs> not too proud of it, especially when I say I'm a good trainer and then I've got stories like that. Work work smarter, not harder. Well, that's it. It was my first off-season as well and, you know, as a young bloke coming in, you've got to learn these lessons the hard way. You do, you do. When I came uh, back mate, from that you... off-season, just quickly, I've got to Yes, go, please. Yeah, no, go. For you. Go. <laughs> so I've come back after that exact off-season, first one, come back and I'm, my skinnies have gone up about eight from when yeah. I've, I've trained for about a week and I haven't trained very well. And um, I played, I think I played uh, 11 games my first year. So I've got a um, tap on the shoulder going to Ross's office and he's just said, mate, this is he just straight out. He said, mate, the way you've come back, you're probably going to play your 30 games, 40 games, and then you're going to be a fat little forward pocket at Glenelg. So... <laughs> He said, unless you want to change it around. So I thought, yeah, that's probably the kick out the ass that I needed. And um, Yeah. yeah Was that, would you reckon that. that would actually be that moment for you? Yeah, probably because um, I reckon 
you sort of forget when you've been in the system a bit just how how many things you got to learn when you first come in like yeah little things like that like doing a session on the motorbike like it's, it sounds pretty funny in that but it's it's probably not quite the right thing to do and um yeah you yeah you got to learn these lessons along the way before you can um become like a, an elite athlete i suppose so um hearing that from him yeah certainly straightened me up and um since reality then, check yeah yeah since then i doubt i would have made too many blues so um otherwise i was going to be a fat little ford pocket at, at, at glenelg <laughs> Glen yeah they're going all right though so it might have been a, they're, they're on track, right? yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> and then we, we that's i just i love ross Gee whiz. Um, <laughs> i love him too Mate, so as we touched on before, since you moved, you're in career best form, obviously, all Australian squad this year. Congratulations on that. Absolutely fantastic effort. Um, at Brisbane, obviously, you going there has been huge. Uh, but the club's turned around. What would you say the impact of uh, Hodgie and, and Fags would be on, on the club? Yeah, massive impact. Um, as you, like, I haven't been there that long, but um, from all reports, as soon as Fags came in the door, it was just all about improving. And um, even though the last two years before this one, the side had won five games in the previous two years. Um, mm. They had this um, sort of roadmap to success, I suppose, with some key indicators and things like that. So it, one of them was like the percentage on the ladder, um, your percentage. So they improved that dramatically from the first year to the second year and sort of pre-buy and post-buy each year they were getting better and better and um so he was showing like the kids that were coming through that they are on the right track because if you look at the season last year they won five games but they're a lot better side than that and um yeah Hodgie's obviously a um fantastic leader brings so much experience to the group and keeps everyone pretty cool headed out there when things are going um sort of red hot all the time he's he's the one that you hear 95% 95% of the time he's always talking and instructing the guys and making sure that everyone's set up in the right spot and all of that stuff. And he's pretty he's, – oh, he's not pretty. He's very good with his feedback. So as you would know when you're out there, a lot of times people give pretty heated feedback, but he's pretty cool and calm under pressure and just talks to guys and, and they get a lot out of that because they're not just sort of getting yelled at. So um, on field, obviously – helped out so much and, and off the field he just sets a great example for the guys and same with Fags. Um, he just gets everyone together. He's like a, a dad for a lot of the guys because uh, a lot of us are in, from interstate and a lot of young guys on the list as well. So he gets the guys around for dinner and talks to them about all things, not just footy but everything outside of that as well. And yeah, he's like a father figure for, for a lot of the young guys at the footy club. Yeah, that's huge. It helps when... A coach sort of invests in young players. Um, I've heard a lot about Fags being the way he coaches. Like he's sort of like a manager, like a Premier League manager. Like he sort of oversees everything, but really like trusts his assistants to sort of do a lot of the line stuff. But then he just oversees and really manages everyone really well. Is that sort of what he's like? Yeah, definitely. And on game days, he's, he's on the bench, so at ground level, we can't really see much of the structures and what the opposition are doing too much. So he relies on um, Danny Daly and, and the rest of the assistants. So Danny Daly is like the, the senior assistant um, and then there's the line coaches. So he relies on on them a lot to um, know what's going on on the ground and then he can pass messages on to the players through them. So, yeah, he's basically overseeing the whole thing and throughout the week 
um, the, the line coaches take most of the meetings. Fakes has a couple. He does the main ones and sends um, the group the message, the key messages throughout the week. But, um, yeah, a lot of the grunt work's done by the people around him, which I think it's really good. Um, means he can invest more time in other things as well. Mm, mm. Now, mate, Chocky. It's your new, apparently this is your nickname. I can't. I, I've been trying to work it out. I don't get it. Tell me the story behind this. It's um, it's so simple that yeah, it's almost unbelievable. So, <laughs> Alex Witherden, you know, have you ever had yes. that to do with Witho? I haven't. Uh, unfortunately, I'd love to. I actually did. Uh, pretty sure I met him up in Noosa with a few of the boys. Well, he was a great bunch of young guys up there. So um, I love the way he goes about it, the young fella. Yeah, no, he's a very funny man, Witho. Um, but this was he wasn't even trying to be funny, but we're in the club one day, um, maybe about an eight o'clock start, so we've walked in and um, he's just gone to, he went to call me Locke, because I, I don't really, I've never really had a nickname, so he's just gone to call me Locke and he, he said Chock. Just out of nowhere, just said Chock. And then everyone was like, what are you, what are you talking about? And he's like, oh, I don't know, I just went to say Locke and Chock come out. Um, so he's just so then from now on everyone just calls me Chock or Chocky. So it's genuinely just come from an absolute pearl up. He's just yeah. can't even say name properly and everyone's just run with it. Yeah, and I think he came in pretty tired that morning. He, he looked pretty sleepy and he's just yeah, forgotten how to say my name and he's called me Chock and then that's uh, stuck. Even Jules calls me Chocky sometimes now. Yeah, right. Well, um <laughs> Good, good on. Yeah, shout out to Alex. He's a, as I said, fantastic player. Uh, had one of the all-time goal celebrations, point celebrations, should I say? <laughs> apparently, a couple of weeks ago. They reckon that's the best. Have you ever seen mine? Mine's no, worse. I haven't seen yours. Oh you have to, mate, you have my, to flick it through to me, bro. You think that's bad, man? I've like I've genuinely celebrated for fifteen seconds, like <laughs> after a goal once on on the G. We're, we're playing Essendon last game of the year, and I've thought I've kicked this goal and. To be honest, I thought it was going straight through. The boys tell me that it went like it was lucky to even register a point. I've literally started celebrating. <laughs> nowhere, near it. nowhere near it. High-fiving, going off. And, uh, yeah, that they've, there's a few been, a few memes being made about it. I'll make sure that I post that one and um, I'll tag yeah. in it. It's, uh, it's quite embarrassing. But um, yeah, I know how he feels. Have a look at that. Yeah, with us, it's pretty good as well, though. He's pulled the jumper out and he's given the crowd plenty. So it's... <laughs> I might have to do a video side by side to see which one's worse. It's yeah. it's not a comp that I want to win, to be honest. But um, create a poll just to see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I will, <laughs> I will. Um, mate, we we're chatting before. You're studying outside of footy at the moment. A bit of list management, a bit of coaching. Is that something that you see uh, for you post footy that you want to get involved in? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think um, ever since I was a kid, I've just loved footy and haven't really seen myself. Um, doing anything other than being involved in sport, really. So um, since being in the system, I've taken an interest in, in coaching and list management and um, sort of all that behind-the-scenes stuff as well. So doing a bit with the club at the moment. Um, I'll probably do a course with the list management side of things um, in the pre-season coming up. Um, and then, yeah, I've ticked off um, level two and three coaching um, already. So... I'll probably look to do a, a coach sort of like a junior team next year maybe once because uh, this year I was just sort of settling into Brizzy. So next year I'll probably jump into that a little bit more and yep. um, love that side of things. And Fags has been great with that as well. He pulls me into his office and we sort of have a chat about the game and um, just the game in general, what other teams are doing and 
the coaching side of things. So um, the club's been great helping me with that as well. So, um, yeah, probably post-footy, that's what I'll look to do. That's huge. Is that, do you reckon that is a, it would have been more that list management side or senior coaching at this stage? What would you, what would you rather? Um, yeah, I'm not too sure about senior coaching or anything yet, but um, yeah, I'd probably look to start as like a development coach or something mm. like that. And um, But once I sink my teeth into a bit more of the list management stuff, I'll see, see how I enjoy that. And that might be a path that I'll take post footy as well instead of the coaching route. But yeah, we'll see, see how we go. I'll tell you what, though, mate. That list man- management job is isn't easy. It's it's got to be one of the most awkward roles in a footy club because half the blokes absolutely love you because you've just signed them on these massive contracts and <laughs> you're all rosy. And then the other half walk around just being like, "Is this dickhead going to give me any other contract or what?" And you yeah. just it, it's just so awkward. No, you're right. It would be tough, and um, you'd, you'd have to find a really good balance of having relationships with the players and and not as well because. As you said, sometimes you've got to be pretty cutthroat with it and make some tough calls. But um, I reckon it's sort of like the senior coach is involved in that a bit as well and there's sort of mm. all sorts of different things that come into it. So it wouldn't be solely on you, but I can imagine that some players would put all the blame on the list manager and just be like, nah, he's the one that took the <laughs> career away. So <laughs> Yeah, you might be uh, you might be receiving some hate mail on that one, mate. Just FYI, I've been there, bro. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. It is it is a it is a tough role, but at the end of the day, it's it's business, and uh, business is booming. So, mate, uh, we've got to touch on it. Brownlow chances. Uh, you know, you know, uh, you're my favourite. Um, I'm backing you in. Uh, not actually because that's illegal, but just mentally, I yeah, I've just mentally, to, I've got to. Um... Report you for that. So, <laughs> an integrity. You get an email from Integrity. Oh, please, I was definitely joking. Um, <laughs> yeah, so very, very excited for that, mate. I know you're still focused on, on footy and whatnot, but um, surely you've got to be in the back of your head, just sort of thinking about that a little bit. Oh, it certainly crosses your mind. Um, I have never, never really been in the position of being um, a chance for it. So, yeah, neither. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, what, about, what, about, what was your best year, 20, 2014? 2015, absolutely dominant. 2015, yeah. Yes, yeah, still we didn't get a smoky then? Oh, no look, bite. I would have been, it would have been a roughie, but I, it would have been that one like, probably wouldn't have been in the top 10, but no one, you, you wouldn't have been surprised if I won it, sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, so, um, no, yeah. So, yeah, you never that. you never know. Yeah. <laughs> have you polled? <laughs> have you polled? <laughs> I don't want to talk talk about this. It's a it's a touchy <laughs> subject. It's a touchy subject because I have been robbed uh, of of some votes. Um, one game does spring to mind. Um, Brent, give me uh, your again, stats if you remember. Loyal, I'm sure you don't. But. Loyal loyal listeners will will know this story. But basically, uh, buried buried the, the the Melbourne Demons at the MCG one day single handedly. Is this where you uh, kick the the point goal? No, no, no. That was another one at the G. Um, oh yeah, G's like the second home. <laughs> and uh, anyway, yeah, just kick three and uh, lazy three, but just the pressure acts and whatnot were fantastic. And uh, yeah, it was that game where we uh, we knocked Melbourne out to. It was that one where that was the year before they came really good, but everyone was saying, "Oh, they want them to make finals," and they sort of thought, "Yeah, we're going to make it here." Yeah, and I said, "Yep," said, "Not today, boys." Yeah, not this, not, not today. this year, not today. <laughs> <laughs> You've kicked not three, if I had something you to do with it. Couldn't pull. No, nah, I couldn't, Paul. And I've had Razor Ray on the show, and he uh, he was umpiring that day, and I let him know. 
Yeah. Did he say that he spoke about you're in the mix? Yeah, he's look, he can't indulge in those things, but I think that he feels <laughs> about it and um yeah, he knows. He knows he's stuffed up. But uh I'll move on, mate. I don't like to I don't like to carry those things with me. I'll move on pretty quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll move on from that one. Uh just so you know, um I know you will know this, but Tom Mitchell, he was on the show last year. Um yep. I had him on the podcast, uh had a great chat, very much like this, and uh yeah, he won. So mate, no uh you're in some good company and uh I feel like it's a bit of an omen. Yeah, well, Fingers crossed, but um, no, I think I reckon there's. I reckon there'll be a tie this year. Mm. Um, who beside yourself? Yeah, who do you think? I think it's Fife, Cripps, Dangerfield. Two of those will tie it. And the other one. Wow. Will be third. I'd love to see Cripper win it, but just with the amount of games, you know, they didn't win many. Yeah, he's just such a standout, though, isn't he? I reckon he was still poll well. He polled pretty well last year, so. Yeah, he did. I reckon he's a big chance. I sort of have this theory on the Brownlow that you sort of need to win it and miss out on it to then win it. Do you know what I'm saying with that? Like, a lot of people sort of deserve to win it one year and then they don't, but then they win it the next year because yeah. then they're in the front of people's minds. Yeah, a lot of times people come second, don't they? I think Fifey came second in 14, won it in 15. Um, Tom Mitchell came second to Dusty and then won it the next yeah. year. It's sort of got to come runner up, don't you? And then you win it. Who came? Year. Who came runner up last year? I'm just trying to think. It wasn't me. Uh, it wasn't me either. <laughs> <laughs> no, mate. We're going to break that trend. Don't worry about that. Um, last question on the Brownlow, though. Uh, if your lovely uh, wife Jules can't make it, um, do you need? Do you need a date? Yeah, well, I don't actually I'm have free. a backup. I don't have a backup. So I'm if free. Jules gets sick or... Um, <laughs> touch wood. Touch work, wood because yeah, Jules, touch wood. Jules would be the most beautiful, incredible uh, uh, date to go with. But if you need a backup, you know I'm always free, man. Yeah. And I'll do no, that for you. You are my, You can be my backup. So if Jules <laughs> gets sick or gets called into work, even though her work doesn't open on a Monday, but just in case <laughs> just in case I decide to open it up for the day. Uh, I might have to call in. You have to wear a dress, though. Yeah, easy, man. I yeah. don't discriminate on any of that sort of stuff. Nah. That's fine. It's, uh, you know, gender and everything. It's all good. Sweet. Yeah, as long as you're cool with that. Um, but you probably can't wear heels because um, don't want you to be cool with me. <laughs> I don't reckon. Mate, I don't think I would be. I think we're pretty, What are you, 179? 178. You want to, I think I'm 178 around that. Go. I've lied for so many years, I actually forget. How tall I am, you know. You, you know how you always, just, I always just be like, "Yeah, no, I'm 181." Yeah, and then yeah. be like, "No, you're not." You're like, "All right, I'm 180." And then maybe that's like, no, why no. I was slid in the draft. I actually used to yeah. tell the crew as I was 188. Yeah, no, that's silly. That is <laughs> that's that's too unbelievable. No, no, I didn't uh, actually. <laughs> Mate, uh, look, that's all I've got for you. I really, really appreciate you coming on. Uh, best of luck for the Brownlow. Uh, you know, I'm in your corner, mate. I hope you get that one and take it home. Um, best of luck for the rest of the season and thanks again for coming on the show, bro. No worries at all. Thanks for having me, Dil. And uh, we'll have to catch up for a couple of uh, cold cordials. Absolutely. We will. This episode was proudly brought to you by Bonds. Thanks again for listening to the show. If you loved it, please rate and leave a review. 
If you have any feedback, want to suggest a guest or advertise with Dylan Friends, you can contact me via email, dylan at dylanfriends.com or slide into my DMs on Instagram, at dillbuckley or at dylanfriends. For bonus content and giveaways, sign up to the email list at www.dylanfriends.com and to get notifications on release, make sure you subscribe via iTunes or wherever else you listen to the show. And remember, be yourself. Everyone else is taken. got you covered for this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. AFL, here we go. Carlton versus Melbourne with no ad breaks during play. That is going to be an absolute banger. Last time these two uh, got together, well not the last time, when I was there I kicked three. Freo versus Swans, live with no ad breaks during play, exclusive in Victoria. And the Hawks versus Saints, live with no ad breaks during play, is going to be an absolute blockbuster. It's a must win for both of these teams. And don't forget the NBA playoffs. Gee whiz, they are going off at the moment. So many big games to mention and they will be absolutely enthralling. Watch every game live with both Eastern and Western conferences live with ESPN on KO. There's absolutely plenty of room for everyone, so get on board with KO. Now also available on Hubble.